What the heck? Hey, everyone. <laughs> Wish you could have heard my first intro, but we weren't recording, so... Welcome yeah. back to another fantastic, <laughs> well-planned-out, not-late-at-all episode yeah, of Carpe Noctum. Very well-planned-out. Super well-planned-out. We, we, always, we always take a lot of time and put a lot of energy into putting this together every week. Even though it's not every week, it's usually every other week. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are not we, the best we, at communicating or planning. Well, I feel like we're actually both good at communicating and good at planning, but for some reason, whenever yeah, whenever it comes to doing it for this, yeah, but tw- like whenever we try to plan or communicate, we're <laughs> awful. <laughs> Because usually I'm really good about communicating and like planning things and getting yeah. things done. But whenever I try to talk to you or whenever like, you try to get with me, it just, it just doesn't happen. It all just falls apart. It just all falls apart. Like last week, we were like, oh yeah. I was like, oh yeah, we need to... And we just both completely forgot. Well, I was working Thursday night, which, you know, we said was when we would record. And I don't... I think it, I didn't get home till like 9.30 or almost 10, so... Yeah. It wasn't going to work, but then, you know, this is like the night we planned for, and then you're busy doing all your other nonsense other weeknights, so. Yeah. Wasn't going to, wasn't going to happen, I guess. <laughs> anyway, hey, you know, today. today yes, yeah, today. Which is September 18th, because I know, uh, hopefully this will be posted tomorrow, the 19th, maybe by Friday, but my goal is actually to have it planned, but it's to have it posted tomorrow. We talked about last time, we talked about James Gandolfini briefly, Mm -hmm. Um, so today would be his 58th birthday. Oh, happy birthday, James. Yeah. Um, That's all. That's all I want. That's it? Yeah. I only brought it up because we talked about it last time. We were like, hey, his birthday is like in a couple weeks. Well, it's today now. Happy birthday! Yeah, and... I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, like I said last time, I'm going back through The Sopranos right now and <clears throat> to kind of commemorate, uh, you know, what would have been his, his 58th birthday, I, I watched one of my favorite scenes. It's not, I haven't hit it yet, rewatching it yet, I watched it on YouTube, um, but it was a scene where AJ, his son, kind of like haphazardly attempts suicide. I mean, it, I mean, he definitely, like, he wanted to do it. He had a really weird... He put a bag over his head with a rubber band and threw a cinder block into the pool that was attached to his leg. But it was like 10 feet of rope. Not enough to keep him down. Like a back, like a back, like a backdoor pool, or, or I mean, it, no, it was an in, it was a nice big in ground pool. You know, Sopranos are rich. And, well, like, like I'm saying, like an outdoor pool. Yeah. Okay, those are only like. I think. Well, th- yeah. Well, this one was actually pretty deep. I was surprised because um, it g- gave a shot from inside the water, oh, and it okay. probably was about ten feet deep. Oh, dang! That's, yeah, that's quite the outdoor pool. pool. Yeah. yeah. Usually those don't go more than like five. Yeah, feet. only like six feet. Uh, but this one, yeah, this one was actually pretty deep. It was still way too much rope, as you you know could imagine. Uh, it was enough to like make him so that he couldn't move when he was getting tired. So he almost died, uh, but. Uh, Tony Soprano gets home just in time to run out there and you know at first he's like what the fuck were you doing you know, and, and then immediately it, he just like morphs into the it's okay it's okay I'm so sorry you know it just you know and that right there is is it just captures the kind of dynamic acting that James Gandolfini had that in the same breath he can go from tough mob boss to loving sympathetic father and 
something that is not matched by many actors. So, uh, anyway, happy birthday, James. Certainly uh, wish he was still around. I can only imagine what he'd be doing with his career now. Anyway, what do you want to talk about, Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. So I've been watching a little show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh, recently. <laughs> <laughs> another, no, another amazing cop show. I tried to give that show a chance. I didn't give it a fair chance. I'll be the first to say it. I watched the pilot. Okay. Um, back, you know, back, way back when it first came out. And it wasn't enough. There's just too much other stuff I was wanting to watch. It wasn't enough to pull me in. But some scenes from it or, like, some gifts I'll see online, It's they, they make me. They make me laugh. So oh, it, it seems like a funny show. It's it's a very funny show. It's very well written. The the I guess gags or the jokes in it, mm-hmm. they're pretty well paid off. Yeah. I really I'm really enjoying the writing, and who, it's not. Who picked that up? Because Fox canceled it. Right? Uh, and then, was it Hulu? I think it, well, it's Netflix? on Hulu right now. I think so Hulu, I think it's Hulu picked it up. Yeah. Didn't they? I don't they, they might have. I don't know. I'm really enjoying it though because most a lot of the shows I've been watching recently have been very. More serious, kind of <laughs> not depressing, or just not. Oh, hey, I'm like I just kind of want to sit down and enjoy something. It's not those kind of shows. Right. So I'm I'm really happy with Brooklyn Nine Nine because it's just a funny, like very well written show. And I was thinking because I don't watch a whole lot of actually I just don't watch any cable TV anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what shows are out there. The only shows I see are like. Any like trailers, like hey, this show's coming out. Hey, this show's coming out. Yeah, they all look like hot garbage. Like none of them oh, yeah. look good. <laughs> and I think, like these are. It's one of the shows that is still really well quality that came from cable. Yeah, and I don't know how many more of those we're getting because it yeah. seems as if I don't know if we're just more used to better and better shows because of Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Or and the shows were always this bad, or yeah. they're just not even trying. That, well, that's anymore. that's a good question. That reminds me, t- today, I saw a heavy eye roll. I saw uh, an advertisement for this new singing competition show. I want to say it will be on NBC. It's called the Masked Singer. Wait, what? <laughs> Someone gets up on stage and what literally looks like a, like a Deadmo Five type uh, mask, like a, this big ass helmet looking thing, and I, oh I, I'm, it probably changes contestant to contestant. I'm not sure, but they sing, they do this amazing job, and then they take it off, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it was that person!" And, I'm, and I was like, "And I get you know the celebrity judges, they they mix it up." I'm like, "Is this really what's on TV nowadays?" I mean, just hearing. The uh, the announcer, the MC, whatever you call it, the, the dubbing over the trailer, trying to make it sound so exciting, and I can just imagine him in the booth, like eye rolling, thinking this is a real show that I'm talking about right now, because it's just so <laughs> laughable. That sounds terrible. I mean, there are the networks that have kind of become known for creating these prestigious dramas, like. Oh. There it is. Oh my god, I just see, like, it's a picture of the mass Singer, and it's... Isn't that It's weird? like a dynamic <laughs> bunny rabbit. Yeah, yeah, that one's just What weird. in the world bunny, is that? There was this other one that looked like a Deadmo5 one. What? And I don't know if you ever played a... 
Have you ever played the second Watch Dogs? Uh, no. Okay, well, there's a hacker in there named Default that that his mask looks like, yeah, like a Deadmo5. I, I know what that Same is, type yeah. of thing. You know, it's, it, it, they're like masks like that. And yeah, there's that demonic bunny one. It's so weird. And we have higher expectations with, with networks like AMC or HBO creating masterpieces like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, which is yeah. on right now. First so few good. seasons of Walking Dead were actually... Really, I'm, I'm they were really good. I'm still in it. I still will defend. Really? I will still will defend The Walking Dead. <laughs> but yeah, but that's another one. And then it's like all these other network shows are just creating nothing but garbage. It's like they're polar opposites oh, now, you know? Yeah. It's just all of these these ridiculous like, competition shows or drama or, or police shows. And then there's like these wonderful, unique thought-provoking dramas on other networks, and there's very little in between anymore, it seems oh, yeah. like. Some of the the worst purveyors of this. Lifetime's hot. Like, <laughs> that, I don't know how... <laughs> it's we, awful. Are we even gonna talk... <laughs> how can we even talk about Lifetime? Like, it's even in this. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me ask you this, because I'm curious. I don't know if you ever watched anything on it. What about the CW? So, because okay. they didn't they have like the Flash that was like I've very heard the well regarded. Flash is actually pretty good. And they, I don't know whatever happened to it, but but years ago, I watched the first couple of episodes and I really liked it. I don't know why I didn't keep watching it, but uh, they had Maggie Q starring as in Nikita. I watched. I, I really like first liked those episode or two yeah. of Nikita. It seemed interesting. I don't remember why. I never I didn't get stuck into it. with it, obviously, but. That was on the CW. It's like they just have, like, uh, most people don't even think about it. What I was don't. Riverdale on? Uh, was that know. a CW show? Yeah, may- maybe. The first season of that was actually pretty I good. I never watched it. I enjoyed it. It was very much a guilty pleasure show. Was it? <laughs> Absolutely, because it was, it was just dripping in, like, YA writing and the character. <laughs> it, it was, it was, uh... It was a great junk food show, basically. That's one way to put it. I know what you mean, though. I mean, it, it, I didn't feel good about watching it, but I really enjoyed it. I, I don't remember what that premiered on. I have no idea. I'm trying to. Th- I want to say it was CW or a, a station like that. It was. It was the CW. Okay. Yeah. Series was adapted for the CW by Archie Comics chief creative officer Robert Aguirre's uh, Sacasa, I think. Hmm. And was produced by Warner Brothers Television and CBS Television Studios. So it was, pre- and it was renewed for a fourth season that's set to premiere next month. But yeah, it, it even its Wikipedia page has said the positive reviews of the first season and the reception for the second, or for the entire series since, has been mixed. So yeah, yeah. This first season was good. First season, <laughs> I watched the first ep- first and a half episode of season two. And didn't care for it. Yeah. They, they, because the first one's like, there's some overacting because it's a, you know, it's a drama. And then season two came out and they just cranked it to 10. And <laughs> I was, eh, it's not, 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 not super interested. Yeah. At, like, at one point, um, Archie, some, his dad had been, sh- spoiler alert. Yeah, for, for yeah. everyone who wants to go watch it, <laughs> spoiler alert. His dad been shot at the very end of season one. And that was the whole, oh, who shot Archie's dad? Like, uh-huh. what's going on? And at the very beginning, 
of the second season. It the the episodes ends with Archie sitting on a chair holding a baseball bat, just staring at the front door of the house, protecting his family. What are you gonna do if a dude comes in with a gun again to finish the job with a baseball bat? Come on, he's gonna beat him up, man. Come on, get out of here. You're 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 an idiot. So what what made you not continue on with it? Would you say you just didn't care? I I just didn't care. It seemed too over the top. Yeah. There's a point in shows where a little over the top. It's it's enjoyable. It's you know it's it kind of keeps you in. And season two just seemed to. Go farther. It jumped the shark like real early on, yeah. where I just didn't care enough to see what would happen. Yeah, you know that I the, I hate when that happens to a show, especially when you you really liked. I'm not necessarily saying that about. Well, I really liked the first season of okay. it. It was good. Well, uh, I mean, so a famous example of that is True Detective, of like the first a first season of a show that gets like botched in the second season. I mean, the second season of True Detective was just widely panned, but for me, one of the one of the examples of that is uh, the Blacklist on NBC. That was a good show. The first season was the incredible. First season was super good. It was so good. One one of those hidden gems on a network show. Yeah. You know, it probably would have been better if it had some more creative flexibility with certain things it could show on maybe a more premium network even even amc let alone hbo or something but um my goodness season two kind of went downhill and season three was god awful i don't think i, I, I didn't, watched I didn't watch it i didn't watch a lot of it i watched parts of it and i was like this is just too this is too absurd <laughs> it is doing it is a disservice to the show it's a disservice Service. to james spader himself oh my goodness um but what I found out, what I actually just found out uh, a little bit ago, a, f- a couple weeks ago, was that it's still on the air. Is it? Re- it's I still thought, going? I thought it got canceled. I know they had really? a spinoff. They had a spinoff that was on the air for four months, and they pulled it because it wasn't doing well, which is hilarious. But, yeah, it's, it's still on the air, and I cheated and skipped the half of season three I didn't watch, all of season four, and most... <laughs> <laughs> season five and watched the last episode <laughs> watched the last episode of season five just you know just, just like fill in the gaps in my head by reading online about it and there is kind of a an earth-shattering detail in season five that that it, it, what what's so incredible about it is that if you go back even to season one even to the first episode i mean they were laying bread crumbs for it really the entire series which sucks because I love stuff like that. I go crazy oh, for yeah. stuff like that. It's all over Mad Men. It's all over my favorite shows. Burn Notice did a really good job of that as well, I thought. I had such mixed feelings about Burn Notice. The, the ending I had mixed feelings about the first few seasons I thought were really, really, really good. What's the what's the guy's, the, the actor's name in that? I don't know his I, name. I, he, I have mixed feelings about him. I think he he is in a number of great shows and movies, and he seems to do well in the roles he in, he's in. But he's also like kind of a tool, and his role in Burn Notice just kind of cemented how much of a tool he is. My name is Michael Weston. 
I used to be a spy. Hey, I fuck, <laughs> fuck you. You're like, no, get out of here. And, 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 the, and the entire premise of him running around Miami with some ex-IRA terrorist, essentially, blowing shit up, somehow always having the nicest Armani suits on, despite the fact that he's an unemployed bomb, essentially. Like... I mean, what is this supposed to do? How are they... They always have money to do stuff. They always are able... They never kill anybody. If, if, yeah, if, wait. No, you're right. Very rarely. <laughs> very rarely did anyone die. I'm like, you're li- you were literally in the IRA, and you suddenly have a conscience now that you're in Miami. You were literally a CIA officer. You don't. You can't kill anybody. You have, One dude used to be a Navy much, SEAL. Yeah. Like, you're not going to kill anybody. You're so full of shit. <laughs> I and I really, I did love watching it. I, mean, I love it. I it's a great on, show. I love it. Anytime I turned on it's a USA, I was gonna watch it. Oh yeah. If it was on, I was gonna watch it. I think the the, but, the other big show uh, was Burn Notice and then Royal Pains, which I heard was really good you know as well. What? I loved Royal. And I really Pains. I really should have watched it because I remember always I'd always see commercials for Royal Pain like I during when I was watching Burn Notice. It. Yeah. And I heard it was really good. I, 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 first, watched I watched it. the first three religiously. After I, it kind of just fell yeah. out of it. Um, but I, I loved that you say during that time. USA had some great shows because they had that site yeah. going, which yeah, is during that time. During that time, <laughs> they were they were they were some of the top. Yeah. I'd say show producers. They had, yeah. they had Psych. They had Royal Pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Collar, which was the first few I, seasons of that, was really I really, really liked good. That. Again, just the uh, first few seasons. Suits. But, which I've heard is also an amazing show. I watched like through season five of that. Burn, burn and Burn Notice. It. Some real, real well done shows. shows. Some very very solid shows. If you haven't seen them, I I would recommend watching. Psych yeah. say probably one of the best comedies that's come out in the last set or uh, decade. I never I never watched Psych. Uh, I watched a few. I I never really got into it. Oh, Chuck was on USA too, wasn't it? Chuck. Chuck. I don't the I think it was USA show as well. I the the two those two main characters in Psych I just didn't I don't know. No, that's fair. I didn't like them. They were kind of annoying. <laughs> but there was uh, Monk on uh, Monk as well. I yes, know, I've heard. Like, like I never watched Monk, but I, again, one of those shows that everyone loved. One of Tony Shalhoub's best roles, I'd say. It was a really really fun show to watch. Um, but. Royal Pains actually is kind of like what made me. I mean, I I remember I think like in the second season it was always one of my favorite summer shows, obviously because it took place in the Hamptons, and most people who think of the Hamptons think summer, you know, yeah. uh, because pretty much four months out of the year it's great, and then the rest of the year you know it's New York, it's cold, it's gonna be miserable. It's, it's miserable, you know. You're, you're not gonna take a vacation to the Hamptons in December. Uh, so I would always watch it during the summer, and I remember trying to convince my parents that we should go on a uh, trip to the Hamptons. A trip to the Hamptons. <laughs> I, I almost had them. I think we ended. We did something else. I think I want to say we ended up going to like Virginia Beach to see our aunt or something. But I tr- I tried to. Co- I had I was this close to going to the Hamptons That'd just, just cool. for that show. You were too. Uh, Philadelphia's not too far. How far I'm away from Pittsburgh? So. Oh yeah. Philly's not too far. Yeah, I'm just confusing my piece. Few hours, but Pittsburgh yeah. is on the entire opposite of the state. So yeah, that's fair. To to New York City, it's like a seven eight hour drive. Oh jeez, yeah, that's a bit far. So, add another hour depending on what part of the Hamptons you want to get to. Or, that's or accessible. I mean, no, yeah, it'd be a fun it's road. Not it's bad. a road trip. Yeah, it'd be like going from here to Colorado. Yeah, it's it's, not it's crazy. doable, but yeah, we ended up not doing it. So. I know. 
Um, oh, what was, what was another show on USA? Suits. Uh, Suits. So I... Like that one I, I heard said, was also amazing. I watched it through season five or something. What got to me, especially after watching it for that long, is that the dialogue really isn't all that great. I mean, it was it's fun to watch. It's certainly fun to watch the, you know, the... The, the kind of like show off negotiations that would happen, uh, whether in court or in negotiations. There was actually very little like courtroom time filmed for a show about lawyers. They were almost never in court. Well, what is uh, it? Majority of cases are settled outside court. Right, yeah. So, that's, well, I if think, anything, that's probably pretty realistic. But I think of something like uh, The Good Wife. Grant, I mean, these, they did all kinds of cases. Uh, and there were plenty of scenes outside of court, but there was also like a. For, it was technically a courtroom drama I mean there was a lot of court time a lot of uh, great moments in court that just weren't present in suits pro or con it's just the way it was I'm not necessarily taking a side so most of the time it was outside of court and the dialogue was just super service level I mean we're talking they they would have most scenes lasted under a minute because there was no dial there was no like in-depth dialogue hmm. there was very little character development it was just Here's this thing, here's this situation, here's why you're going to lose, and here's why I'm going to win, whatever. And then they cut to the next scene, where it was almost the same thing in different circumstances. I remember the epitome of this, the name partner of the firm, just recently bought out by a bigger firm, flew to Toronto to speak with the, the other name partner now. They had, I'm not kidding, about a 30-second conversation, and he's like, next time you want to spend... Uh, for money to come see me, just pick up the phone, and he walked away, and that was it. Hmm. I mean, at least give her more reason to fly to Toronto rather than to have a thirty-second conversation. And but that was it, and that's how so many of the scenes were. So I was like, you could essentially condense every season down to like two, maybe three episodes, and you'd pretty much it almost would be the same. You know, hmm. that's weird. It, it was a fun show to watch, but, you know. Yeah. It, I, I, that was another show that I think ended, like, last year or something. I, Jeez. I, it went on so much longer than I thought it did. Huh. Uh, That's especially with, with Meghan Markle being... Because I remember all, all the time. that was out when I was in high school. Yeah. That was a long yeah. time ago. But, yeah, it, it made it, I think, to season eight. Oh, wow. That's and impressive. Finally, finally Finally cut stopped. it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably longer than a longer. show. Longer. A lot of shows, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that they ended Burn Notice, at least. Yeah. So, I don't know how White Collar... I'm pretty sure White Collar's over now. It kind of yeah. got strange later on. Yeah. First first few seasons were really good. Yeah, I, I really liked the first season. It was really cool. I'm pretty sure they got the whole idea based off of the story that Catch Me If You Can is based off of. Really? I never saw Catch Me If You Can. Okay, so... I know about it. It's a really good movie. Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio, Mm -hmm. right? It's a great movie. So it's based off a true story where a con artist is captured by, or caught by, I think, the FBI. Instead of prosecuting him, they offer the job of of helping them catch other con artists. And that's what that movie's based on. It's actually based on a real life case where that happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty... It wouldn't surprise me if they saw the movie Catch Me If You Can and thought, oh, we could probably do a TV show on this where you just skip the part of them catching him and just show, like, cases where he helped. I don't think any of the cases were based off real life. Yeah. But the idea and the concept, I, I would not be surprised if it was. You know, every single time I think about that show, you know, I think about, you know, Matt Bomer and his 
great role in that. But I, I immediately after that think of this one scene that almost killed the whole show for me. It was only in like the first or second or third. It was very early on in the in the series. Uh, Neil and whatever the FBI agent's name is. I don't even remember Peter. I don't remember his last name. Yeah. Um, they're trying to like sneak into this museum to stop it turned into a hostage situation or something. I don't know. They're trying to sneak into this museum. So they're on the roof, and there's this lookout on the roof who then starts shooting at them. Um, so already, like, someone probably heard that, you know. Maybe not. I mean, they are on the roof, but someone probably heard that. But let's say that, you know, let's say that no one definitely did. He's, he pulls out a radio, the guy who's shooting at him. He holds it, like, you know, two feet away as if he has to, like, look at it to use it. You know, like an old yeah, person yeah. when they look but at their, their cell phone. phone. Five feet away. Like, yeah. oh, what's going on here? Uh, shout out to my mother. When she shout out to my things. dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so he does that. And, like, and then he, Peter, the FBI agent, shoots the radio. Because that's an easier shot yeah, than killing easy, the yeah, guy. It's a very easy shot, obviously. The radio just falls apart. Nothing else. The guy's hand is fine. <laughs> and he just goes, ah, and scrambles away. I, I love, I love TV, like, soft TV rating shows. Yeah, I, come I mean, on. It's so asinine. I mean, not only, he was on a roof. Where could he scramble to? But he just scrambled away. We don't see him again. He doesn't go down to warn people. He literally just, like, Disappears. runs to the other side of the roof, and that's it. I think it'd be funny. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I think it'd be fun to rewatch some of these shows, just to with the critical lens, with a critical have. lens, <laughs> and, and an idea of what a high quality, what more high quality TV show would be. Oh yeah, I think it'd be really, really entertaining. Yeah, um, Burnus, I know, probably won't hold up. You know, isn't Burnus is on Netflix, right? I don't know if it is anymore. I know it was for a time. I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to like going back and watching that, actually. I mean, because there were some great moments in that show. It was. Um, again, overall, it was the, the soft rating thing. You know, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hilarious what they will do to kind of like avoid certain forms of violence. Yeah. Something that is completely unrealistic, you know. And, and that's the difference between something like that and a show... That's more of like an anti-hero story where they can do horrible things and you're still like sympathetic with the yeah. main character. And shows like that, they're pure all, white knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's so watered down, and they're a pure white knight. And you try any form of violence. I guess maybe with a mass audience, you're less likely to sympathize or invest in them. I don't know. But either way, it's laughable. But I, yeah, I want. I would want to watch that scene specifically in White Collar. <laughs> I let me see. Let me, I'm curious if Burnonis is on Netflix. I I would be fine with a rewatch of it. I did love the yeah. show, and I'm I love it enough to admit it probably won't hold up. It'll probably be pretty funny just pointing out the strangeness and yeah. incongruency of it. And and you know on the, certainly oh, on God. the on the other hand there are shows like even like Law and Order on hmm, NBC. Interesting. Like, obviously. Uh, what? So, Royal Pains is on Netflix, Blacklist is on Netflix, Criminal Not Minds, I and NCIS. Yeah. Burn Notice is not. Really? It is but not. Royal Pains is? Royal Pains is. I'm sure by now the whole season's like 20 bucks on Amazon. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not that expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if it's on Hulu or something? I don't know. Um, either way, uh, with 
on the other hand, there are shows like Law and Order that make everything dramatic. Obviously, the average life of a New York detective is not like uh, Elliot Stabler's in Law and Order. You know, they're not shooting someone every single day. No. They're not getting blown up. Or thrown How off long roofs. has that show been going on? It's like season eighteen or something. I mean, I mean, Elliot Stabler's not on there anymore. Christopher Maloney, he's not. He moved on. But uh, Olivia, well, no, Mariska Hargitay, that's her name. Okay. Olivia Benson is her name. Right? Her character's name. She's still there. Hmm. And I think I see it. I think those are the only two that are still left from the originals. Uh, I see it on the SVU. SVU. Yeah, Law yeah, and Order SVU. My favorite commentary on Lower and Order SVU is, have you ever seen the comedian John Mulaney? I've seen some of his stuff. He, ha- he has a, a small bit where he does Law and Order SVU. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Where uh, Ice-T is trying, basically he, he's talking about a scene where Ice-T is trying to understand how, what sex addi- addiction is. <laughs> and he just starts naming off, like, addictions. It's like when someone uh... I don't remember what it was, but uh, John Lee's like, I could sit there all day and just watch Ice-T. <laughs> just make comparisons. <laughs> and at the end, directed by Dick Gracie. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or wh- whatever his name is. Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf, sorry. Directed yes. by Dick Wolf. Dick I, Wolf. It's like, I could just sit there for an hour and a half watching Ice-T. Just Ice-T. Do you follow him on Twitter? You don't have Twitter. No, I don't have Twitter. Well, you do. I do, right? I don't use it. I haven't used it since I think I was in college. Um, he's He's... You should, you should follow him. Okay. <laughs> Slight change of gear. I want, I want to share this now because I think it's hilarious. Uh, you probably noticed a few minutes ago I looked at my phone and had a, made a face. Little, yeah. Yeah, a little surprise. A little chuckle chuckle. Um, just, just published a little bit ago on the New York Times, the, the liberal hero of Canada, Justin Trudeau, uh, is receiving flack for a 2001 photo of him in what the New York Times is calling brownface. I don't know, blackface. What? I don't uh, know why they're saying the word brownface. But, uh, yeah, a, a, a photo has, has resurfaced of him in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, there, in, in the New York Times, the re-election campaign of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada was thrown into turmoil oh, no. on Wednesday when a photogra- photograph surfaced of him wearing brown face makeup at a 2001 private school party. 18 which, years ago. I mean, that seems pretty on brand for for Justin Trudeau. But, no, you're right. 18 years ago. I mean, a it, long, that's a long that's time. That's a pretty long time ago. I, I, on the one hand, I think it's hilarious just because it's Justin Trudeau. and I, I don't know who that is. I don't not familiar with Canadian politics. Well, maybe you should pay attention more, Dylan. The, the Canadian politics? Yes. Why? <laughs> That's someone else you should follow on Twitter. At Norm. He's a councilman out of Toronto. He's hilarious. Okay. Anyway. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like uh, some kind of Arabian Nights-themed costume gala. So on the one hand, I mean, brownface. At 2001, it's it's not so long ago where that form of, of costume was okay. I mean... Yeah. It was... In 2001, blackface wasn't okay. You know, that stopped in, like, the 60s or 70s of being okay. Um, but, on the other hand, the school did have Arabian Nights as the theme. There was only going to be... 
there was definitely going to be some quote unquote cultural appropriation going on for a yeah. theme like that, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, I mean, like, it's not good. Yeah, not, not, way, not to you, excuse you, it, but like it's, it's you shouldn't have done it. But with a theme like that, 18 years ago, yeah. and it was he was in high school. No, when, I think was, this was was it college. When he was 29 at the time. 29. He's a he's a teacher. Oh. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> good. <laughs> Read the whole article, I guess. Because <laughs> I was going to say, oh, yeah, high school. So he, kids was, are he was dressed as Aladdin, I guess. That's okay. What, someone, uh, one of his spokesmen said that. Or right, spokesperson. Well, that's actually a spokeswoman. It's such a weird thing. Because we never had anything. This is the first time in history we've kind of had something like this where... Oh, I want to know what you were doing June twenty second at two p.m. on a Saturday, thirteen years ago. Yeah. Let's find out. Yeah, I, you can if you don't want someone in office, you could probably you could find something. Yes, with all the information and, that's and out that, there. It's such a it's such a weird, to, unprecedented time. Should we try, like oh, be mad at him because of something he did twenty years ago? Tr- uh, Pivot to this conversation. Um, I, I mean... No, it's a great conversation. I think it's worth having. Uh, yes, yes and no. So here's the thing. To, to you know, bring it back to American politics, we've been seeing this a lot lately with Joe Biden. He has said some things. He said some things now that are pretty tone deaf and ignorant. But he's also said many things in the past, obviously even more things in the past, that people are bringing up. On the one hand, it matters because it signifies his patterns and his uh and his quote-unquote growth as a candidate so you can look at those things and see how he's grown since obviously with some of the stuff he hasn't grown much which is part of the problem uh whether or not you're going to go to the extent of kamala harris and call him out on a debate stage because he supported busing and you know what was that 30 40 years ago um, it was a different world, and I don't necessarily, again, we're not going to say it's okay, but I, it's, it's the age-old argument of can we judge previous generations by today's standards, to which I always say no. Like, you can't. You, we can agree that those things aren't okay by today's standards, but it's also, it was a different time, it was a different world, and they didn't have those standards. So to condemn him or anyone for something they said or did, I think it's unfair. I think it's very... They're on their high, very high horse of people oh, yeah. to assume that they, in during that time, wouldn't have been the same way or would, yes, have, would exactly. have held a different view. Yeah. When, in most cases, they probably would have been... They would have held views yeah. that, you know... Democrats today held very, very different views than Democrats of 20 years ago and yeah. to assume that if you had been in the time 20 years ago you would have had the same beliefs that you had held today and therefore can judge that person as if you never would have made said mistake yeah and i think that's where a lot of it goes off is that presumption that you would have been a better person somehow growing up and growing up in that same time that same influence that same culture yeah. And come out having beliefs that wouldn't be around for 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, definitely. 
So about a month ago, actually, Bill Maher was talking about this on, on real time, touching on a lot of this. I'm thinking of it now, so we'll go ahead and watch it. And finally, new rule if the Democrats are going to continue to, to debate stuff that happened in the 1970s, they have to dress in 70s clothing. <laughs> If we're going to talk about busing, do it right. Even though nobody under 55 knows what you're talking about, you may as well be debating denture cream. <laughs> but why bring it up at all? Does anyone really think today's helicopter parents would be into busing, little Harper? <laughs> 90 minutes away to the poor side of town? But this is the new trick in democratic politics. Dig up something your opponent said decades ago that looks bad by today's standards and pretend that that's a mic drop evidence of your awesome moral superiority. <laughs> Kirsten Gillibrand tried to pull some of that woke liberal time machine bullshit on Biden, calling out something he wrote 38 years ago about women working outside the home. For more details, visit the National Archives. <laughs> It's on microfiche. <laughs> Liberals are funny. They believe in evolution, except when it comes to people. Kamala Harris was our attorney general here in California in 2010, and I contributed to her campaign. And I was disappointed when she opposed legalizing marijuana. Well, now she's for it. That's all that matters. We <laughs> We don't need to beat her up about 2010. That's called learning. We used to want that in a leader. Obama was against gay marriage when he became president, as was most of the country. But then... I've been going through an evolution on this issue. And do you recall who got him to evolve? Biden. <laughs> Humans evolve. You could be against gender-inclusive bathrooms and then one day change your mind because you have to take a wicked piss. <laughs> People need to stop pretending that if they were alive back when, they wouldn't have been the same asshole as everyone else. Yes, you would. I know your parents told you you're exceptional, but not to the point of seeing the future. You would have driven without seatbelts and drank when you were pregnant and hit your kids and hit your neighbor's kids. They did that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a member of the neighbor. Because woke sight is not 2020. And you don't have ESPCP. <laughs> Extrasensory politically correct perception. <laughs> If you were around in the 1980s, you would have worn those horrible colors <laughs> and the big shoulder pads. You just would have. You're not Nostradamus. <laughs> and if you were around in the 1780s and you were rich and white, you likely would have had slaves. The first abolition society in America was founded in 1775, and it had 24 members. 
24 people in the whole country thought slavery was wrong the year before we declared independence. Stop being surprised we used to be dumber than we are now. The humans of tomorrow will be horrified by us. They won't believe we used to sexualize people during sex. <laughs> Millennials seem to think they came along right as society met perfection. <laughs> Do you really think future generations will look at what you're doing? The man buns and the... <laughs> <laughs> the giant, stupid, ear-stretching earrings and say, that was the moment civilization peaked. We can add nothing more. You're not morally better than your grandparents. You just came later. <laughs> You're just the next upgrade. You're the iPhone 11. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Nobody has trouble grasping technological evolution. Nobody writing a love note with a quill ever said, why can't I send a dick pic? <laughs> Nobody in 1975 asked, why is it my TV flat? <laughs> why is my 8-track not satellite radio? <laughs> Nobody speaking into that Kleenex box that we had at first <laughs> was mad at it because it wasn't a smartphone yet. Things get obsolete because we grow and improve, including us. Can we please stop pointing out people breaking rules that didn't exist yet? and just grandfather in the shit you would have done if you were alive then. Yeah. I... <laughs> I'm sorry Joe Biden had to get along with segregationists, but when he first entered politics, he had to get along with Aaron Burr. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a lot of... Well, we were just talking about, and I, I think what, what made me think of that clip was when you were talking about how people nowadays act like we wouldn't be in that same situation, we wouldn't be making oh. those same choices. We'd have the same beliefs, yeah. we'd act the same way. Yeah. We wouldn't be any better, because yeah. back then, those beliefs were held, were assumed to be right. Yeah, those were, those were the standards of that day. So... It's the same, uh, people bring it up in religion, you know, especially with n new atheism. Uh, the people of, of Moses' time, many people would say they were, they were idiots, they were uneducated, they were delusional for believing these certain things. Well, at that time, those kind of religious stories were how they explained existence, you know. Nowadays, we have science to tell us how we got here, you know, and... The kind of why is left more for the religious, but at the time there was only religion to explain either one. So to to view that in the standard of today is it, it gives you incorrect perception. However, there was a clip. There was a part of that clip where he brought up Kamala Harris to bring to to get back to your question of you know do we think it's right to refer back to someone's what they said or what they once believed. I said I said it, it is wrong. However, I do think when it's right is when you are exposing opportunism. And in that clip, Bill Maher brought up Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala Harris, I mean, the fact that she is even still in this race is astounding to me 
because her history as a prosecutor alone, as far as I'm concerned, is disqualifying. I mean, she is she is a grandstanding opportunist, and that's probably that probably is why she's made it this far because she puts on a good show. Um, she's like the female Obama, you know. She puts on a great show, uh, but all this horrible stuff, like all the horrible stuff Obama did. No one talks about that because he had a great PR team. Well, all the horrible stuff Kamala Harris did as a prosecutor in San Francisco, no one, not, not enough people talk about it. I mean, the number of brown people she put in jail over truancy laws and drug laws is astounding. And now she'll get on a podcast and, and joke about how, yeah, she smoked weed before. Meanwhile, there are people that she personally put in jail that are still in jail over drug charges. Now she suddenly supports the legalization of, of marijuana. And so do I. And, you know, like Bill Maher said in that clip, people learn, they change their, their minds. That's great. And the fact that Kamala Harris has come around on it in and of itself is great. But she didn't come around on it because she had some grand philosophical epiphany. She came around on it because it's more politically convenient now. That and that right there is the, the thin line of, okay, is this politician? Yeah. Is it... Is because they actually believe this, or because they can feel the changing of the tides? Yeah. And I want to say there was uh, an article I read recent, or it was a while back, where when politicians change, the, like actually change their mind, people are more hesitant to believe them, and then just assume it's an opportunist kind of thing, as opposed to Frank down the street. Right. Yes. Because their livelihood depends on really what they believe, yeah. in a way. What they say they believe. What they can sell, what they can sell that they believe. And so that is a very hard... Honestly, that is an impossible thing almost to determine someone. Because sure. as a human being, I can't... I don't know what other someone else is thinking yeah. or where they're actually coming from. So I can't actually say, hey... They actually believe this thing now, or they only believe this thing because of that. And that's where it becomes really, really difficult. Yeah. And so you have to make your own assessment of yes. why you think this person changed their views. And that's not an easy task at all. Yeah, and, and, and that well that and that's the thing. I think like I think I think Obama two thousand eight when he famously was uh, uh, was filmed saying, I think he was on the the court. He was on the floor in the Senate saying, "I believe marriage is between a man and a woman." I don't know if he believed it at that point. I I think he I think he publicly changed his stance because it became convenient. I, I'm he probably already supported it by then. He just couldn't say it. But then there's people like Kamala Harris where I think it's nothing. It's nothing more than opportunism because uh, you'll see as much as I despise a lot of what he says and what he stands for. Bernie Sanders is one of the most principled politicians. I'd agree with that. He, since the 70s, he has been calling for Medicare for all. He has been standing for the rights of the LGBTQ community. I mean, it's nothing new for him. Long before it was even, long before it was even considered politically viable to say that, he was saying it. He was doing it. You know, when he was, uh, even when he was mayor of, of Burlington. I mean, he, he has always stood for these things that, to this day, he's still advocating for. All of these things that almost almost everyone on that debate stage nowadays is, has some kind of 
Medicare for all, or at least like a public option kind of plan. They are all talking about trans rights and LGBTQ rights. They're, this, they're all talking about it like they always have been. But the only person on that stage who's been talking about it for as long as they've been in the public eye is Bernie Sanders. You know? Yeah, he... He is one of the few politicians. I don't agree with a lot of his views, but I I respect him just as a person in general. Yeah, I've always thought I'd rather I'd rather have a principled person who might vehemently disagree with than an opportunist who happens to share the same ideas as me. Yes, uh, because you know I, again I don't necessarily like Bernie Sanders, but if it came down to picking him or a number of I, ideally I just wouldn't vote. But if I had to, I wouldn't be against voting him, for him simply for that reason. Yeah. Uh, same with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, the same thing. I mean, you uh, listen to what she espouses, what she truly believes, the passion in which she says it. I have no doubt that she is a genuine person who really believes what it is they're saying. Pivot to someone like Kamala Harris or Kirsten Gillibrand. I'm rolling my eyes when they're talking. I'm like, you are so full of garbage. Elizabeth Warren, I'm a little conflicted about. But, yeah, there's just so many opportunities. And that's one of the reasons why I've, for a long time, been libertarian-leaning. Because it's never been about what's politically convenient. It's never been about, like, what can we say now? Uh, Or or what do do we think we could say in five years that we'll just say now just to get ahead of it? It's always been a matter of principle. And that's why libertarians, since... Well, well, even before Bernie Sanders, just libertarians as a whole have been advocating for uh, LGBTQ rights. Uh, just, I think, this year or last year, they officially made it a part of their platform that they were going to start standing for uh, sex workers' rights. Hmm. I mean, these are the types of things... Yeah, you don't hear anybody talking about yeah. that. But if it's a matter it's a matter of principle of them. It's not a matter of, of opportunism. It's a, a matter of principle. And there's there's so many politicians who that pull a Kamala Harris and they do whatever's politically convenient, they don't so much stand for anything. They stand where they can. They stand where everyone else yeah. is. Which, unfortunately, gets you ahead. Yeah. Libertarian party, well, that's awesome they do that. They, they're they also... They're not they're relevant. They haven't been, yeah, they've never been relevant, ever. Yeah. I think the most relevant they were was last year. I think they got one electoral college vote? 2016. Or 2016, yeah. sorry. And well, they, you they, know what? They did. Um... What's funny is that it wasn't for Gary Johnson, who... Was it not? No. Oh, well, actually, so I, I don't, it, it technically didn't go to the party because the electoral votes go to candidates. It didn't go to Gary Johnson. It went to Ron Paul. <laughs> so I do remember hearing about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and, and it was Texas. Yeah, one it, of them voted. It for wasn't <laughs> even that he was told he was just... I don't want to vote for Trump or Hillary. I'm going to vote for Ron Paul. I'm going to vote. I'm going to write in Ron Paul because I also don't like. I don't like Gary Johnson. <laughs> so he so wrote in Ron Paul, Paul. and it's, it's, it's so funny that he wasn't even running. And 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 the Libertarian Party has kind of been against Ron Paul just because you know even Rand Paul still trying to push kind of a more libertarian leading idea through the Republican Party, and a lot of libertarians hate that. So they've never. A lot of them have never liked Ron Paul and Rand Paul. And so it's so funny that the, the closest the Libertarian Party has gotten to the White House was getting <laughs> one, one electoral vote. vote for the one guy they don't like and didn't <laughs> run with them. <laughs> the success of the Libertarian it, yes, Party. It's, it's astounding. That is... You can understand the, why I'm not registered with the Libertarian Party either, you know? <laughs> that, is, that is the best way to describe the Libertarian the exact, Party. Yeah. Yeah. They received one vote for the man no longer in their party yeah. that they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See the man who won't stay for you. Give 
Okay, so the last thing we're going to talk about before we move on to best and worst um, is the lovely world of retail. Have you ever worked retail? I used to work at Walmart. Well, I worked at Walmart. I was a cashier at Walmart for a couple summers in between college. Um, 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 how would you describe that experience? Oh, it was miserable. Yeah. It was, it was pretty miserable. Yeah. I hated it. Uh, and, and it's so funny. We all know it. I mean, even people who've never worked retail are like, I would never want to work retail. You know, it's like yeah. retail and fast food are like the things that people know Don't just have a it, horrible yeah. reputation for working in. Yeah. Chick-fil-A yet, seems nice, though. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, during the lunch hour, I'm sure it's crazy busy. But I was the one thing yeah. I've noticed about Chick-fil-A, they're never understaffed. No, they're not. They're which, ne- is which, which is great. Which is great, which I respect them for. Yeah. They know, they realize, hey, we got a lot of people coming Let's get everyone in here. Yes. Like, there's never an empty cash register. Chick Fil A. Yeah. It's one of the reasons they're, pre- why they're they prepared. Yeah. They're prepared for their rushes. Having having worked in a rush where we weren't prepared, which happened all the time when I was at Starbucks, it's miserable, and yeah. no one's happy because we can't do well interacting with customers. Customers aren't happy because we're taking forever to do anything, and then because none of us are happy, there's generally not any good conversation or anything positive being exchanged. You know, not unless you're cussing at each other, but it's like, you know, it's, it's not miserable. Great. It's, yeah. no, it's, it's not good for anybody. Um, and yeah, Chick-fil-A seems to, to never do that. But when I was, so I've been thinking about this a lot. So currently working in retail, um, uh, at, well, I'll just say it because I don't know anyone know, if anyone knows. I'm currently at Macy's right now. And Macy's is interesting because... My entire life, I associated Macy's, and I think they've always branded themselves as kind of like a higher-end department store, you know. Have they? Um, yeah. Oh. I never shopped there, so. Oh, well. I don't think there is one on. Is there one in Alaska? I think, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I, in Alaska. I think there's there. one in a mall that no one goes to. Malls aren't a big thing in right. Alaska. Well, right now, they're not a big thing across the country. They're they're all declining. Mm, surprise. Know? Yeah. Because uh, more and more people are shopping from smaller brands and outlets or online. You know, there's not a lot yeah. of mall activity. The big retail stores are dying yeah. out. Um, Sears is. Yeah, yeah. Isn't Sears gone? There's, st- I mean, they still have a few stores, right? I don't know. I thought they went bankrupt. I don't know. Um, but so, so what? what what's always intrigued me about Macy's, I, I always loved it as a brand because of its kind of higher end appeal. Because it was a place that um, seemed to be very invested in, in the experience of its customers. Um, and as of late, obviously not always, but as of late, they've, they've really expanded on their egalitarian equality in the way that they treat their customers. There's been some instances that made like national headlines, like some, uh, I think some black guy was... Uh, accused of shoplifting in some store somewhere and and he didn't shoplift and it just made Macy's look horrible because like their security guard was like following him and it, you know so they they have made it a point to kind of look good and and that we have unconscious bias training all the time and in our initial training it was about the quality how to how to you know address certain situations that you know, some people may not be used to whether you're um, assisting a customer that's trans or 
of a different religion and you want to be respectful as far as like their head karma and they're they're talking about certain things or certain you know whatever yeah uh, they're, they're trying to be very conscious of that and train their employees to be very conscious of that which is great however i have been wounded working there <laughs> <laughs> because right now given that it's kind of in a state of disarray retail in general across the board people are trying to pick a lane you know obviously kind of like the peak standard to high-end shopping is probably still nordstrom you know yeah maybe maybe von mar i've only been on von mar once but that's at quill springs but yes, high-end stores high-end brands yes they have sales and yes they'll have clearance and they even have some of their own like their own store brands but a lot of what they sell is going to be high-end it's it's not no one blinks an eye when they walk in and, and see a, a coat for $2,000. You know, it's whatever, you know. Um, so, they, and they, they have consistently pitched themselves like they, they've expanded their, their uh, off season clothing store, Nordstrom Rack, and that gets plenty of business. It's, it's kind of like a, I've always thought of it as kind of like a better Marshalls because there's some better stuff there. But, um, and, and it's still, there's still be, you know, there's still $100 jeans at Nordstrom Rack, you know. So it's still expensive stuff. Uh, but it's, it's usually some some great stuff, given that in Oklahoma City, that's the closest thing we have to a Nordstrom <laughs> is a Nordstrom Rack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Macy's, though, has, in my opinion, completely devalued their brand by, at least at this location, selling cheap garbage oh no i mean so like i said the higher end is kind of you know like nordstrom i've always thought that like just past the middle you could see a place like macy's and then towards the lower end a place like kohl's you know hey now that's I, where yeah. that's where look, i get my clothes look, I, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that i'm just saying like if you're gonna scale them out kohl's is gonna be on the lower end nordstrom's gonna be the higher end and i always thought Macy's was going to be across the middle on the higher end. All right. But I swear to God, it might as well be Kohl's nowadays. Because everything, almost everything <laughs> they sell is their own branded stuff that will end up either on a clearance rack being sold for $10 or something that will be sold that's on a sale, a random sale that pops up out of nowhere and then stays on sale for a month because no one would buy it otherwise. Um, and at this Location here in Oklahoma City, and I'm sure in a number of locations across the country, they've opened up what what is technically it's like a separate entity, but it's it's still it's part of Macy's. It's called Macy's Backstage. That sounds like a strip club. It does, right? <laughs> it does. It sounds a little risque, um, but it's even seedier, unfortunately. And Ooh, so, <laughs> well, hold on, that's an interesting workplace you have there. It, it's just it's 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 as if Marshalls meets Macy's. Ooh. Um, I mean, we're talking about brands that no one's ever heard of, brands that are made to be sold at this type of discount store, brands that are made to look like other brands. My favorite is uh, U.S. Polo Association. The the logo and, of course, the use of the word polo makes you think polo, Ralph Lauren. But it's not at all. U.S. Polo? Yeah, it's U.S. Polo Association. It's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) But but people think, look at it, and they're like, oh, polo, Ralph Lauren. No. It's not. It's not the same. It's not the same quality. It, it, it's, it's not. It's nothing. It's garbage. But we sell a lot of it there. Um, and also, like, all the old colognes. Like, you'll see this at Marshall's. 
uh, they'll they'll be like, why do people spend a hundred dollars at, at Macy's or somewhere for a name brand cologne when you can get it at Marshalls for like twenty or thirty bucks? Well, yes, you can. They're also old. The shelf life of a cologne or a perfume is usually five years. Oh, really? So after, yeah. So you're saying those clones in there that I've had for twenty years <laughs> are no longer good? I mean, tech, I mean they're good in that they might still smell good, but like the 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 notes of the scent change because a lot of perfumes, especially perfumes, they're made with like fruits or certain flowers or certain leaves. That stuff goes bad after a certain amount of time. So you put it at Marshall's once it hits after the five year because you don't want you can't sell it. Oh my God! What are you about? I'm gonna do. I want to. I want to see what my cologne smells like. He's gonna go. He's gonna go check his cologne real quick. What cologne is that? Burberry. Is it uh, Bur- like Mister Burberry or? Let me see it. Dude, I've had this this cologne since I think. Burberry Brit. Okay, yeah, we sell this. Junior high. <laughs> it was a Christmas present for my sister. Well, what's funny? I actually love this one. And if you know, so, so about half the, half the bottle is gone. Yes. I've used, the majority of why it's gone, I'm pretty sure, is just it's slowly evaporated from the bottle. Well, you can even see some kind of cloudy matter floating in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I've used it. That doesn't even smell like real Burberry Brit anymore. So I've used it, like, I can probably count on my hands. The amount of times I've actually used this cologne. Because <laughs> I don't do fancy things. Well, so, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I have, I, the only colognes I really use are essential oil-based. That smells like Axe. It smells like acid. It's, it's, uh, so I. Yeah, that's. I can tell you that that's, that's not what it's supposed to smell like. I just smelled it the other day at work. <laughs> I should throw this away. <laughs> I mean, it. Does, I mean, it doesn't smell horrible, but like it doesn't. It smells off. Yeah, it smells off. It sm- It smells like very concentrated. Yeah, I don't know. something's not. Yeah. So yeah, I I have two colognes left from former years. Um, that one's a Perialisia, another one's a Nautica. They, uh, one of them I think was bought from a department store. The Nautica one I know for sure was bought at, at Marshalls. It is. They obviously, since they were being sold there, they were probably already old. And I think I got them in 2009 and 2010, respectively. So they are very old now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, again, I think they still smell okay. I don't ever use them because the ones I use, like I just said, are essential oil-based now. And I don't really use those colognes anymore. Um, a lot of colognes, unfortunately, are also made with... Uh, Synthetic fragrances, not all of them, but a lot of them, and so I'm not the biggest fan of those. So anyway, uh, God, what was, what was I even saying? Uh, cheap cologne. The, yeah, the cheap colognes that they sell at backstage, and they also sell like you'd see at Marshalls. All the some, you know, some of it's just a matter of it being out of season, and then also some of it is the stuff that's like a really small defect, like maybe not even necessarily noticeable unless no, you're like a scratch it. on the bottle. A scratch. Well, I'm not even just clothes, just clothes. No, oh, okay. like a pair of shoes that has a mark on it somewhere or a button that's slightly misplaced on a shirt, you know. You probably wouldn't even notice it, but it's not something they can sell in a retail store now. So I'll go to Marshall's or I'll go to Macy's backstage. So I I hate that this exists in this store. I'm like, this is a place 
that hosts a Thanksgiving Day parade every year that millions of people, tens of millions of people around the country watch. This is a place that has a movie almost based on it, The Miracle on 131st, 4th, something like that. Whatever the hell it is. Um, It's a place where you used to be able to get really well-made quality, kind of that kind of American clothing that was just great stuff, you know? And nowadays, it's all cheap garbage. They had to pick a lane, go for the higher end or go for the lower end, and they picked the lower end and they've gone really hard on the lower end. <laughs> you know, and, and, and what's funny, I mean, you could say it's working because sales are up. They're still not turning much profit. So is it working? Ooh, I don't know. No. I mean, like, overall, it's not doing well, but you could say industry-wide, no one's doing well. Not even Nordstrom, for that matter, is, is doing all that well. Um, so what I, what I always think is funny about places like this, uh, and this happened a lot at Penny's, too, J.C. Penny's. you get a, a suit jacket. It says, the price tag says it's $100. You know, maybe it's just like a store brand. Mm -hmm. It's nice, not expensive. $100. It is on sale and almost is always on sale for $50. That seems like a great buy, right? Sure. 50% off the price, right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It was never made to be sold at $100. Ah. (laughs) It was made to be sold at $50. Because they're making profit on it, whether they're selling it at $50 or $100. It's a bunch of profit. This is cheap-made Cambodian clothing, you know. And they're, they're making plenty of profit. Uh, the fact is, though, pe- people look at it for 50 bucks, and the price tag says 50 They're like, okay, $50 coat, maybe. They look at it, oh, it's a $100 coat, but I can buy it for 50 Suddenly it seems like a great deal. It's true. So they're like, oh, I need to snatch this <laughs> up while it's on sale. Meanwhile, it's a sale that lasts six months. Hmm. Except for maybe like the first week it was on the floor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like the, it, or it's a sale every weekend. Because there are a lot of places that do that. Every Close. Weekend. Yeah, exactly. So, There's I, sales and sales <laughs> and sales because it was never made to be sold at the full yeah. price. So I usually go to Kohl's to get clothes because that's where... I can't where tell you the last time I went to Kohl's. <laughs> Just because that's Wait, where we... Where's the closest Kohl's here? Is there one here? There is. I don't remember because I don't buy clothes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> where? We, we've had this conversation before. I... Very rarely. Yeah, but you were just saying this is where I get clothes. So, yeah, but I don't. But you haven't gotten clothes. <laughs> like, so I haven't. So besides, I bought a t-shirt at uh, my barbershop uh, like a few days ago. Wow. Or like a month ago. It was a really nice shirt. It's Valhalla. It's a cool shirt. Really comfortable shirt. What's the, what's barbershop? Weldon Jack. Weldon Jack. Oh, in so, Sayo? Yeah, so they have the whole like, they have their own like line of products as well. So it's not just a barbershop. Yeah. But they sell like really nice stuff there. Uh, besides that shirt. The last thing, this is how not often I buy clothes. The last clothes I bought were at Kohl's, and it was some uh, pants and shoes and shirts for work. This is before I started so working over a started, year and a half ago. Okay, so, so the last time I bought clothes, and it was here, was here in Oklahoma. Where is the Kohl's? <laughs> it's in Edmond. Like, I think it is. Yeah, I think oh, it's, you know what? I think yes. it's northern Edmond. Yes, so this is, that's why I can't remember where it is because I bought it a year and a half ago right. and I haven't been back. I need to go buy some new shoes though. My shoes are starting to. Uh, are you gonna go to Kohl's? Where I'll probably go to. Mm, I don't know. Come to Macy's. 
No. <laughs> I, you're not really selling. <laughs> you're not really selling me on well, Macy's here's, right here's, now. Here's, here's the thing. While you're looking for where the clothes are, here's the thing. You can still get great stuff from Macy's. The problem is, especially given that Oklahoma City is a certain market, they're oh. not gonna. It's, what, a, it's, it's the North Edmond. On what? Yeah, zoom in there. On what and what? Uh, Danforth. Danforth. Danforth and Santa Fe. Oh, that's right. I remember. Danforth I was gonna say Danforth because it's, it's, it's across from that Walmart there. Yeah. The, I remember it was close to campus. I knew yeah, the unfortunate. Anyway, um, you can still get great stuff from Macy's. The thing is, you gotta get it online. I just go to Nordstrom Rack. <laughs> you know what? That's a great choice too. <laughs> or uh, probably not Men's Warehouse. That's I usually get so many of them online. You know, DSW is not bad. Right. Over that's there. that is true. DSW actually. That's what I'm going to ask. I need, mm-hmm. I need an actual like good pair of shoes. Right. I need to. So what I need to start doing. I mean, this is what I usually do. It's probably one of the reasons I don't buy clothes very often. Is I I try to get quality, right? Qu- good quality clothes. So I need. I think it's about time I need to like up, update my wardrobe a little bit. Yeah. Because I need I need a nicer player of black shoes. My brown shoes are starting to get kind of scuffed and worn because they were a little cheaper. I bought them at Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> what brand are they? Chaps. Uh, Sonoma. Oh, Sonoma. That's right. That's a Kohl's brand. Isn't yeah, it? it's yeah. an all right brand. I like some of the shirts. But I need to go. I need to go to a Men's Warehouse and get some comfier button ups. Some good button ups. Usually their clearance, even their thick clearance stuff, is usually still pretty good. I've been in Men's Warehouse I think like once. I like I maybe like twice. I just don't. I just don't ever go. Oh, okay, that's fair. Uh, it's, what, it's mainly a soup place. It's when, expensive. When Joseph Abood used to sell stuff at JC Penney's, that's probably the closest I ever got to Men's Warehouse because mm. I think now his stuff is sold exclusively at Men's Warehouse. But Possibly. it used to. It used to be. I used to be able to find it. JC Penney's. Yeah. So, yeah. One of my favorite sweaters I ever owned was Joseph Abu. No, really. So, yeah, maybe I'll go to DSW or DS. DSW. DSW. Designer Shoe Warehouse. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring you with me. Make sure you help me get a, nice, <laughs> a good pair because I right. know nothing about fashion. <laughs> well, I know that. Um, <laughs> you're, I, you're, I don't want to keep like shit talking my employer. You know, I, you know, none of them even know I have a podcast, so there's that. Let's keep it that way. Even if they do, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I, I say this stuff at work all the time. I'm like, this is not Macy's. This is not Macy's brand. Anyway, um, so the shoes that they sell there, most of them is all like Alfani or like a Macy's brand. They don't even sell, at least for men, they don't even sell Sperry anymore. They have like a few Clarks, which like sometimes, usually they're good quality. Sometimes they're not the nicest looking. Some of them are great. Um, and then like a few Tommy. And that's it. They Their men's shoe section has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And now they don't really sell anything nice there anymore. So you can get some great shoes online from Macy's, but that's about yeah. it. Hmm, interesting. You know? And... And one of the things I hate about, like, store brands, whether it's Kohl's, whether it's Macy's, whether it's fucking Walmart, is that most of the time, so many, so much of that clothing is coming from the same factories. Walmart's trash. Walmart is trash. But, you know, uh, this is actually a John Oliver clip from a few years ago about uh, child labor and labor practices and and the... uh, retail industry with clothes and everything there's the same factory a lot of the same factories that make uh, walmart clothing also make gap clothing and gap is uh, it's not necessarily expensive but it's a high, it's more expensive yeah. than walmart it's the higher you know, end it's, it's supposed to be branded as something that's like cooler and higher end but it's probably like the same thing and it's made the same factory damn near same quality you know this is the thing like and that's why i to bring up kind of like the second part of me bringing this up at all I have, especially working at Macy's now, I've kind of just like further sunk into my 
decision. I've, I've been further uh, gratified in my decision to stop shopping from most of these types of stores. Uh, and that would include Macy's for the most part. You know, there's still some things I'm going to get there, especially their home section. I like some of that stuff. but And I get a discount, so obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. if I need something, I'll, I might get it from there. But Macy's or even Dillard's, um, because so many of the brands that I like, they're not, you know, mass-produced clothing like Gap or like anything Walmart or anything Alfani or Macy's brand where it's all come from the same factory. You know, it's it's brands that are making their their own stuff with their own standards. Standards that are usually exceptionally high, especially when compared to the rest of the, the industry. So, like, one of those brands... Uh, is Patagonia. Everything they make is fantastic. Prana is very similar to Patagonia. Great stuff. Um, there's actually this one, uh, this is one brand. It's on, it started as an online retailer. I think they opened like one like flagship store in Brooklyn or something, but have you ever heard of Everlane? No. That's a, that's a great brand. They, uh, all the, they have fair labor practices and you can, Go online to see which factory it came from. Most of the factories are in China, but they're all uh, fair labor practices. You can, you can like read the bio of like the factory manager. It's, mm. it's actually really cool, uh, and everything they make is super nice and great quality. Everlane. Everlane, yeah, and and it specifically exists to kind of cut out like the the middleman retailers that will mark up prices. So it's not really all that expensive either. Is it all online, or did it have like? It's it's all online now, they, and they 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 don't sell through other retailers. So basically, I'll say a lot of what I'm looking at buying and now aren't sold through a lot of other retailers. Like I mean, Prada is and Patagonia is, but Everlane isn't, um, and even the the places that will carry something like Patagonia, it's there's you know Nordstrom does, uh, Macy's I think has some stuff, but you know usually to get the best deals, you go through them directly. And I kind of and I kind of like that, you know, because with all these other standards from all of these other different places to buy from, it's kind of just a shit show, and it's one of the reasons that so much garbage is being produced nowadays. Great You've seen how I dress. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am the uh, most bare bones. I'll wear jeans, and a t-shirt, right. and some Converse, and right. I have some very actually I have some very nice Eddie Bauer boots. <laughs> I'll, I'll show them to you after this. Yeah, we'll they're, actually, they're actually very nice. I'm going to run out the door so you can't show me. <laughs> anyway, anyway, all that all that to say, pull it in. I think, like you said, quality over quantity. and it's Definitely something I need to start doing more of. Yeah. I, my problem is that I've tried to do both, and then I'll compromise and end up giving more into the quantity, and then I'll spend more money than I should in giving that I'm trying to do it all, and it just ends up going horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, the clothes that are currently on the clearance rack at Macy's right now that are selling for literally the, the number is $9.96, $9.96. You don't buy that stuff because it's well-made. or You buy it because it's $9.96. You buy it because it's $9.96. You know, I mean, not really quality. Good quantity, though. You can, you can buy oh, yeah. five, six shirts for the price of maybe one good shirt. <laughs> You know? It's true. And that kind of fast fashion, it's horrible for the environment. More textiles, more energy, more shipping costs to get them places. They're not quality, so they get thrown away faster. 
you know, it's really just a horrible mess. So it's worth it to spend the, spend more for a good product. Anyway, moving on to best and worst of the week. Yes, you can start. All right. So my my best of the week is it's best for me. I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Uh, it's gonna sound really really dumb. So at work for the last almost since I started working there, uh, me and a friend of mine. I go to Jersey Mike's almost every single Wednesday because they, <laughs> they have a combo called Mike's Way Wednesday where you get free chips and drink with your sandwich on Wednesdays. Oh, really? Yeah. I so, yeah, so there you go. I'll just keep that in mind. Yeah, so I don't know how it started, but I think one day I was like, hey, you bring your lunch? He says, no, well, I'm going to Jersey Mike's because they do this thing on Wednesday. I was like, oh, I'll come too. And then next door, we're like, oh, hey, let's go do Jersey Mike's again. And we've been doing that for a year and a half. And then another friend of ours started coming along as well from work. And today... Uh, so we've been doing this for about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half now. We've been going to Jersey Mike's <laughs> every Wednesday. It's the point like the people there like know our names and know our orders. Mm-hmm. So it's we're known there. We're regulars. We're regulars knows. there. So it's pretty great. I really like. There are awesome people there too. We love them. I don't know their name. You're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but so today uh, was National Cheeseburger Day. Oh yes. I, I don't know. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't either until. Uh, I was sitting at my desk and I got a message from a, another guy I work with asking what I was doing for lunch. So, oh, well, it's Jersey Mike's, Jersey Mike's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well, it's National Cheeseburger Day and some of us were going to the garage for National Cheeseburger Day. Oh, no. And my other friend, like, we're the two that started this. He's like, ooh, like, cheeseburgers, like, it sounds pretty good. And we're like, like, oh, we're pretty good. And it's a thing where if any Wednesday, if any of us even make a suggestion to not go to Jersey Mike's, like, the other two just, like, all hell breaks loose. And the other right. people, they're like, why the fuck right. would we not go to Jersey Mike's? What the hell is wrong with you? Right. As and it should be. Some of the, the person who does this the most is uh, our other friend who came later. Mm-hmm. So he, he, anytime I've ever even, like, hinted at the idea that we're not going to Jersey Mike's. Like, he'll, like, sarc- like kind of playfully, kind of seriously, like, why would we not go to Jersey Mike's? It's right. Wednesday. And so today... We decided we were going to the garage. Oh, no. But we weren't going to tell him. <laughs> so, oh, no. What? So, okay, let me explain. So, my other friend, he drives. Uh, we'll just call one friend Bob, the other one Jake. Okay. So, Bob always drives. He has, like, his car is the only one that can fit all three of us easily. Mm-hmm. So, he always drives us to Jersey Mike's. And so, we're like, oh, what if we just got in the car and then pretended like we were going to Jersey Mike's and then just went to the garage with everyone else in the office? <laughs> And so we did. Oh, no. And so we got in the car. We we took the normal exit away to to go to Jersey Mike's. Got in the left turning lane, which is what you're supposed to do. And then just, instead of doing that, just turned right. And went down the street. And went to the garage for lunch. Was he kicking the floor or something? He was not. <laughs> he, he was pretty salty the rest of the day. Actually, I took a video of it. So there's, it's a longer video. He's like, what, he's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, oh, we're going to the garage. And he's like, what is this? Oh. It was pretty weird. He just, he just kind of stared at me the rest of the day, too. Like, he just kind of stared at me across the table. You could tell he was, he was pretty salty. Oh. And me and we were, we were pretty happy. We thought it was pretty dang funny. So. Well, good. That's, <laughs> at least that's, you guys that's my best of the week. At least you guys got something out of it. Oh, thought it was, we thought it was hilarious. All right. Don't have anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> no, not, a, not a best or a worst. No, oh. I can't. I can't think. I mean, that's how. That's how. Uh, 
kind of like mediocre my week has been. Hasn't been bad. Hasn't been good. You know, it's just whatever. Yeah. I will. I will say this. It's. It's. Uh, I'll say this is my best because we're gonna talk about this more next week. We're gonna talk about video games next week. Oh yeah. Um, one of my best is that I am finally after. What, 12 years now? Maybe 13, no, 12, 2007. After 12 years now, I am finally getting into Gears of War. Hey! Finally! Um, that I need to, so I need to play those. Gears of, well, they call it Gears 5, I don't know, Gears of War 5, just came out a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played through 4, because it was available for free on the, on the Game Pass, so I played through it. And I loved it. And really? Gears of Four, Gears of War Four, is like one of the like lower rated ones. Yeah, I heard it wasn't as good. I'm like, well, if this is, if this is a bad Gears of War, then the other ones must be really great, you know? Yeah. So I am, and Gears of War Five, I read today some headlines about how it is. I've heard it's amazing. It's amazing. I've heard it's. And I'm like, amazing. I am gonna destroy Gears of War Five. So mm. I'm, you know, it, it's been a while since I've been like excited about. A video game franchise. You know, there'll be like a video game that's coming out, and I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to trying that, or whatever. Far Cry Five, a great, uh, great franchise. I've only played the fifth one though. A great that's game, a good one. but you know, the franchise itself, I'm, I'm indifferent about because I haven't played them. But this, the whole franchise, I'm just like excited because all of the Gears of War available to um, backwards compatibility to, to play, even the ones that were on Xbox 360. So I'm gonna probably just play them all over the you know next several months. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's. And let I'm, me know. I'm excited for this, you know. So that's, I'd say that was the best. That is one of the franchises. It's it is a well regarded franchise for sure. I've only ever heard good things about the Gears. I, I was on PlayStation. I never got a chance to play them, but yeah, you're one of them PlayStation losers. Well, PC master race now. So. <laughs> I mean, it's such a tool. <laughs> well, get an Xbox, you know. I mean, uh, Gears Five is on Steam. Oh, is it? Yeah. Which kind of, because so Microsoft is finally realizing that, oh, hey, we have this whole other platform. Like, right. people, people like to buy, you know, games well, that use our, our put PC. stuff on PC. I didn't know they would do it through Steam, though. See, that's the other thing that kind of blew my mind. Like, the Halo Master Chief Collection coming out on Steam. Oh, really? So, they're, they're you starting. You that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. A while back. You yeah, know, so they're also starting to launch the Xbox Game Pass on PC as well soon. I think later this oh, year. Oh, they already have it. I have it. On PC? Yeah. Really? Windows 10. Oh. So yeah, so like, so they're, they're it's... It's they're all f- one pass now. Yeah. What used to be three separate ones, Xbox Live, Xbox Game Pass, and Xbox Windows Game Pass. Yeah. It's all one now for 15 bucks. Yeah, so a lot of like these Xbox oh. exclusives are starting to make yeah. roll out on the PC, which I'm... Well, and the best part about Gears 5 is that it was included in the Game Pass. I saw that as well, yeah. Which was like a really big deal, you know, because like with most stuff like that, I mean, even Netflix, you know, there's some there's some gems, yeah, and there's a lot of garbage. A whole lot of garbage. That's you know? yeah. So with the Game Pass, there's some some garbage, but there's actually a lot of great games, and Gears 5 being put in the Game Pass. Was a really big deal. I saw that. I was. I, so I was I'm, like, "Wow, that's." Yeah, I mean, that I, a, I was like pre. I essentially pre-ordered it. I yeah. pre-downloaded it. I was like, "That's a huge AAA title to have on yeah, there." Yeah. Especially years is yeah. Gears has been a frontrunner of the Xbox. Yeah. I'd say so. Was, now they're all on there. And Halo. Yeah. All, to a point, like there. I think Gears was up was close to Halo in like prominence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, legendary franchise right there. That I'm excited to finally. 
beginning into. I don't know why it took so long. It was one of those things that I remember being at my friend's house back in like 2007 when it first came. I think it was like release day, and I'm at my friend's house. I'd never played something so violent. I mean, even Halo didn't have a chainsaw. Or oh yeah, you alien. just cut through ass. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I was, I thought it was like pretty violent for my age. I'm like, what the hell is this? Um, but I, you know, as it continued and all of these great things were being said about it, I just, by the time I was really interested in getting into it, I was like, it's, it's too I feel late. like I'm too far behind. Yeah. But then I, but then I started playing Gears 4 and I was like, holy shit, I, I want to play it all now. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, I'll circle back and play it all. Anyway, we are pretty... Over our time. So that is like a small segment of what we'll talk about next yes, week. Yes, that's very I'm assuming the next episode it's probably going to just be all video games. Yeah, probably. I can talk about video games for a long yeah. time. Yeah, video games and like our best and worst. That that's probably We'll make it a point to not be video game related. Yes. We'll make it a point. To not be so video game related. So it'll be a little related. break there at the very end. <laughs> a break from video games. Yes. All right, well, we will see you next week, folks. Be kind to each other. And remember... You would have made the same mistakes as everyone 20 years ago. All right, bye. (laughs) Have a great week, folks. Carpe Noctum is a production from Gaudium. For fun, for future. Hosted by Dylan Shoup and Dylan Kiefer. Mixed and edited by Dylan Shoup. Quick thanks to bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.